Welcome to Sunday's Lesson with Lane. In this podcast, we will listen to Lane Brown's sermon this past week at the Chandler Street Church of Christ in Kilgore, Texas. We hope this message blesses you as you strive to grow closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All right, good morning. Um, before we get started, I have a little video for you to show. Cassidy, it, it's a quick four seconds, so don't miss it. <laughs> I would love for that to be great quality. Here it goes. Let's see it again. Uh, <laughs> didn't quite get off the starting blocks. Last week we talked about baptism. And baptism, sometimes we, we just think about that as the culmination of our faith. We've believed in God and we've announced to God that uh, we wanted to be his and that we decided to be baptized into him and he has and, and our life has changed forever. And, and that is true. That is where we receive salvation. That's where we uh, no longer are separated from God, but that's also the beginning of our Christian walk. That's the beginning. That's where it all starts. And after that is where we get off the starting blocks. And so, so many times people come to Christ and they, and they hear the message because we give the message every, every week of be baptized into Christ. And that is the message we all need to hear and we all need to, to be obedient to. But that's the start. And it's time to get off the blocks and time to go for this race. And so we're going to start today's lesson where we ended last, last week. And that's what Jesus did after he accepted the good news of Christ, or after he accepted his God's plan for his life and was baptized, it's interesting. God gave him the Holy Spirit. And then what does the Holy Spirit do? If you open your Bibles, we're going to be here all morning, well, not all morning, but during this little time. Um, and uh, we're going to be in, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. And Matthew 4, verse 1 says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He was led by the Spirit to be tempted. Now, a lot of people might say that that's not the best of translations because they don't know if, if, if uh, it doesn't really quite go with the, that the Spirit wanted Jesus to be tempted. Um, one of the other words that that word is often used in the, in the scriptures is tested. And God does want us to test our faith. God wants us to go and, we, and he wants us to test our faith and he doesn't want us to be tempted. What's the difference between tempted and being tested? Well, we know that God doesn't want to tempt us. God doesn't want us to be tempted to do wrong. In James chapter 1, verse 13, it says, And remember when you're tempted, do not say God is tempting me. God's never tempted to do wrong, nor does he tempt anyone to do wrong. God doesn't want to tempt us to do wrong, but God does want us to test our faith. So what's the two things here? Satan wants us to be tempted, and when he wants to tempt us, he wants us to fail in our temptation. God wants to test us, and how God wants to test us is God wants to test us and put in and allow us to realize who we really are. If you are a student or were a student, you've taken tests, right? And what does a test prove? A test proves that you know the material and you are proudly the, uh, you've, you've been awarded an A or a B or anything passing, right? 
that you understand this subject. One of the problems with standardized tests, at least that's what, what I hear is an issue with standardized tests. I'm not in education, but I have family members and friends that are in education. One of the things that they, they complain about standardized testing is that it's, the test is made to be tricky. It's not necessarily made to, to teach, uh, to see if you learn the material, but it's made to be a little tricky to see how good you take a test. Well, is that any way we should take tests? That'd be a hard way to take a test. When I was in college, that was the start of the internet, really. Um, in the in the mid '90s was the very beginning, and, and the internet was getting uh, giving you some incredible things. And after two years of college, there was this website that came out called PickAProf.com. Anyone ever heard of this or ever use this? I don't know what it does right now. I don't have to have any professors anymore, so that's a blessing. But PickAProf would tell you all the professors and how well they taught and if they were fair or if they're not fair. And so I would go before I'd pick my classes at A&M and I would say, okay, I don't want that guy because people don't think he's fair. Our God is fair. Our God wants to put us through a test because our God wants us to understand who we are. And he wants us to be able to accept the challenges that come in this life just like Jesus was about to accept the challenges that were going to come in his life. Jesus was going to accept who he was. And who was that? He was to come to this earth. He was to die on this cross. And he was going to be raised by God. And so because of his sacrifice, all of us could join him. All of us could be with God when we also do the same thing. When we follow in his footsteps, when we die to ourselves and we're raised with him. So should we test ourselves? In 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, it says, Test yourself, examine yourself, see if your faith is genuine. Test yourself. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you if you've not failed the test of genuine faith. So how do we go about testing ourselves? One, you got to read the material, right? Some of you might be geniuses and just can walk and take a test and, and pass it, no problem. I'm not one of those people. I had to study for tests. And so if you, uh, if, if you want to study the material, our material are the scriptures that we here, have right here. This is the material. This shows us not only a life of how to live, to have an everlasting life with God, but this material shows us how to have an abundant life here on this earth. This material shows us how we can correct so many problems that are in our life. And so we need to spend time in this material, these scriptures, this story. This, it's a, a love story to you to show you this is how you can live a better life. Read this and then reflect on your life. Have you been living up to what Jesus has done? None of us will fall into those standards, but each of us hopefully will get better each day. When you start in kindergarten, you don't have to be able to uh, understand everything the same as, as someone that's about to get their PhD. But hopefully every year you're getting a little bit better. Hopefully you're going back to the material. Hopefully you're going to, to, to church. Hopefully you're, you're learning more about God and who he is and what, how he wants you to live in your life. Test yourself. And when, you've, when you're not living up to it, correct those changes. Go back to God. Pray for the spirit to work within in your life. That's what God's calling us to do. So how do we do that? We've got to spend a lot of time in the Word. 
We got to spend time with God and we got to remove distractions from our life. And that's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus removed all the distractions from, from his life. Matter of fact, he removed food from his life. In uh, chapter, verse 2, it says, After fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Why did Jesus fast? I think what he was doing was he was trying to show himself and to, to prove to himself and to test himself that he could rely on God alone. And so he goes without food for 40 days and 40 nights. If you look at any uh, modern science, it will tell you that you can go anywhere from 21 to 40 days without food, as long as you have an adequate water source. Can you imagine doing something like that? It would seem pretty difficult. So without any divine help, Jesus is on this 40th day. Jesus is hungry. And Satan, the tempter, as it's, it's referred to here in Matthew, the tempter comes and he says, why don't you just turn these stones into bread? What he's doing right here is tempting this physical need that he has right here. Why don't you just start, turn these stones into bread? You know that you have the power to do this and then you can be fed. Why are you sitting here hungry? You have the power to do it. When I look at that, it's an easy temptation. Hunger is, is a hard temptation for me to overcome. So I can understand where Jesus could be coming from here. But in the scriptures, it also is at a deeper level. And it's not just that he's telling Jesus, you can turn food so you can eat right now. He's probably telling Jesus because Jesus is out there in the wilderness and he's out there to understand who he is and being tested because his ultimate mission is to die for all these people. In a matter of three years, he's going to be hanging on the cross and he's read all about how it's going to be. He's read that his, his hands and feet are going to be pierced. He understands what is going to happen in his mission and Satan's given him a way out and saying, why don't you just be a Messiah that feeds all the people? You have the power to turn stones into bread. No one has to be hungry again. And Jesus is a compassionate person, as we know. Most of his miracles are probably made because of his compassion to the people. You don't need to die for them, just feed them. It might have been a nice world for, I don't know, the next 50 years. But after Jesus was gone, we wouldn't have gotten the, sac the sacrifice we needed. For us, we face a temptation like this, a temptation where we can do something so easy as just to turn stones into bread or, or just this instant gratification of our needs. What are your struggles right now? What are you tempted with right now? Because we have this goal, most of us in this room, the reason why we're here is that we believe that Jesus Christ loved us, that he died for us, and that he and that he was risen from the dead, and we can go with him as long as we do that as well. And so we have this goal of eternal life, but then we have all these little instant gratification desires. What are those desires? Maybe you know that you're supposed to have a strong marriage with your spouse. 
but you have this desire to be with someone else. Maybe you have this desire instead of unity within the church, you want to divide the church. Maybe you have this desire whenever you're angry, instead of encouraging someone that's hurt you, to tear into them and use that anger and tear them down. Each of us have different desires, and in your head right now, you're probably thinking of what you're tempted with and what you struggle with. And if not, that's what we should be thinking about because all of us have different things that we're tempted with and different things that we struggle with, and we just could so easily take these stones, make them bread, and feed this instant gratification. Or we can go to God's Word, and we can see how we keep our ultimate goal, not our, not our instant goal, but our ultimate goal, And that's what Jesus says. Jesus answers him in verse 4. He says, It's written, Man should not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus wants Satan to know, Man should not live on bread, this instant gratification. He should live on the words of God. And what words are those? He goes back and he, as Jesus, I told you last week, was an incredible scholar. And he's thinking of Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. And in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3, it says, Yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna, a food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. He did this to teach you that people do not live on bread alone, but rather we live on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. What's Jesus reminded of? He's reminded of the Israelites who are wandering through the wilderness. And how were they fed? They were fed by God. They were fed by this manna from heaven. This, this, this food that they'd never even heard of before is now dropping every morning. And it's not food that they need to store because God is teaching them, rely on him. And Jesus remembers, I'm not going to give up eternity. I'm not going to give up who I am just for some bread right now that might feed my belly right now, but I am going to rely on God's love, God's manna from heaven, and that's what God's telling us. Rely on this manna that he's given us, this bread from heaven. Rely on God's word. And then Satan, in verse 5, says, The devil took him to a holy city and had him stand up on the highest point of the temple. If you're the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Satan is very crafty here because what Satan's doing is he is reading Jesus Or he's telling Jesus scripture that Jesus knows, that Jesus read. He's telling scripture of Psalm 91, verse 11 through 12, where it says, For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus knows that. Jesus knows that in the scriptures it says that his foot won't even be hurt. He won't even stub his toe. And if God really wants him to not even stub his toe on a a stone... How could God want him to die on the cross? What the devil is doing is twisting God's words. And he twists God's words and he makes Jesus think, well, am I really the son of God? Because 
He says in the scriptures that I won't be hurt. Am I really the son of God? Is this really my mission? We question God sometimes. In your life, do you question God? Do you have struggles? Do you wonder, why, God? Why am I not married? Why, God, why can't I have children? Why, God, why did my loved one pass away? Right now, I'm in the middle of, of wondering, and so are you, probably. What is all this virus that we're dealing with right here? It's torn the church apart, it seems. If we look, we have, we have half the people that, that, uh, that, that we had, and, and that's not just here, that's, that's all over the place. We see things happening in our lives, and it's hard. And I sit here, and, and this might be one of the hardest times I've experienced in my life. Wondering about the hearts of people. Wondering about what's going on in this world. It's hard. And my immediate thoughts might be, God, do you love me? Do you love your church? Why is this going on? But then we sing the song that Ty led earlier today. Lest I forget Gethsemane, lest I forget thy agony, lest I forget your love for me. Lead me to Calvary. God loves us. He loves us and he has plans for us and he's going to take care of us and we just have to put our trust in him. And when we struggle with the things that are going on in our world, remember Calvary. Lead my mind to Calvary. And Jesus understands that Satan is twisting his words. And he tells Satan in verse 7, it's also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. I think tests help us prove who we are, but we have a God that doesn't need to prove who he is. He loves us. He sent his son for us. And what Jesus is talking about in Deuteronomy is when the, the children of Israel are wandering through the desert and they're sitting there and they're complaining. God's been giving them food every day. And now they're in a place and they're looking around. There's no water and they're thirsty and they think, Moses, why have you led me out to this area with no water? Do you not like us? Does God not love us? In Exodus chapter 17, verse 7, it says, Moses named this place Massa, which means test, and Meribah, which means arguing, because the children of Israel argued with Moses and tested the Lord by saying, is the Lord here with us or not? Jesus remembers these, these, these stories that he's read. He understands who God is and that God was leading them out of slavery. And God wouldn't have done it if he didn't love them. And so God was going to provide for them. God will provide for us. God's going to get us through these problems. And sometimes we just need to remember God loves us. Trust in God. Don't test God. Trust that he's going to get us through tough times. And I love that we sang that song because it warmed my heart just knowing God's going to get us through the tough times that we have. In verse 8, the devil takes him to a high mountain. 
It says, again, the devil took him very, to a very high mountain and showed him the kingdoms of all the world and all their splendor. And all, I all of this I will give to you, he said, if you'll bow down and worship me. I'll give it all to you. Worship me. You can be the king. You can, you can be a compassionate king. You can take care of the people. Just worship him. Can you imagine what it would be like if we could have our every heart's desire? That's what the, Satan is, is offering Jesus. He's saying, you can have it all. What would this life be like if you had it all? Everything you wanted, you had. Would it be good? It would be complete chaos. It would be complete chaos if we could have everything we wanted. Think about that. I would like this person to be my wife. Well, you might have just taken their, her from someone else. I want all this money. I want this. I want that. It would be chaos. Some people even say that's what hell could be, is to have everything your, your heart desired and realize it's worthless and it's nothing. Jesus remembers Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 12 through 13, and he says, Be careful you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Fear the Lord your God and serve him only. He remembers God has brought them out of slavery. God has brought us out of the slavery of sin. And Jesus says to Satan, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only, when he remembers that. This is where, when we're tempted, we have to make a final stand. As we think about the story of the Alamo, right, where Davy Crockett goes and he draws the, not Davy Crockett, right? Colonel Travis draws the, draws the, see, those are the, my problems with tests right here, but I'm working on it. Draws the line in the sand. If you're with us, you're going to go across that line, or if not, stay here. Or, or I don't remember which one, or don't cross the line. One of the two. We've got to be willing to get this temptation out of our life and say, Satan, get away from me. If it's in a relationship that you're in and you need to end that, whether you know, those people are bringing you down or it's a sinful relationship, it's time to say, get away from me, Satan. If it struggles with anger, it's time for you to say, I need to be a more compassionate person. I need to be a more, a more loving person. Go away from me, Satan. If you struggle with your gossip, you need to realize, I need to stop doing this. Go away from me, Satan. And remove yourself from the situation. And what happens when we tell Satan, go away from me? Verse 11 says, then the devil left him and the angels came and attended him. What does that mean by the angels coming to attend him? I'm sure they gave him food, they gave him strength, they built him up, and they showed him, you have passed the test, and you are now going to complete your mission, your plan that has been set from the very beginning. God's created you to be something special. And God just wants you to accept it. He wants you to pass the test. He wants you to get Satan out of your life. And he wants you to be attended by his angels, to be fed by them, to be brought up by them. 
Today, you can be baptized into Christ. If you've never put Christ on in baptism, you can make that stand and you can, you can uh, raise with him in baptism and live an eternal life. Or you can have the prayers of the church where we will, say, we will pray for Satan to leave your life so that you won't be tempted by these sins anymore. Other versions will say, Satan comes back for opportune times, but we got to just be ready, continue to feed, and remember to tell Satan, go away. If we can help you in any way today, please come while we stand and sing. Thank you for joining Sunday's lesson with Lane. I pray you are blessed by this message and that you will join us next week as we dive into the encouragement God gives us in His Word.